Eliab Shaked is a biomedical engineer from Israel who once worked at a summer camp in upstate New York. A favorite staffer there developed dementia and went downhill so fast that Eliav couldn't even visit her. That's when he decided to turn his attention to focusing on early detection of Alzheimer's disease. Retispec, which is short for retinal spectroscopy, is an innovative imaging company that uses artificial intelligence to detect neurodegenerative diseases. Eliav co-founded the company and he's the CEO. It's said that the eyes are the window to the soul. That may or may not be true, but in Redispec's case, the eyes are definitely the window to the brain. Looking through them is a great way to avoid invasive procedures like lumbar puncture. I'm David Williams, host of the Health Biz Podcast and president of Health Business Group. I hope you enjoy my discussion with Eliav just as much as I did. Eliav Shaked, CEO and co-founder of ReadySpec. Welcome to the Health Biz Podcast. Hi. Happy to be here, David. Sometimes the, the guests are concerned if we're doing video here. Now, I think I should be concerned about doing video given what your, uh, given what your company does and if I'm going to be analyzed during the podcast, but uh, no I hope way. you'll put that aside. <laughs> no, we're, we're not intending to do that. Yeah. <laughs> good. All right. Good. So let's uh, let's just jump in and talk about kind of your uh, your background. What was your upbringing like? Uh, any childhood influences that have stuck with you? Well, uh, I was born and raised in Israel, and that's uh, and now I live in Canada. Um, the child, my childhood was pretty normal, happy, and I I remember. Uh, making perfumes to my mom by experimenting uh, plants when I was like five years old. Uh, I was really into chemistry and then um, uh, I was obsessively watching ER. Remember that show? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I was really, really into medicine and, and chemistry and that's what I chose for my um, um, major in high school as well and, and continue to be a uh, medic in the Israel Defense Force, um, and that experience changed my life because uh, until then I was I wasn't sure really what I wanted to pursue, and then I decided that uh, medicine is the right path, uh, and, and trying to see how we could uh, disrupt it in some way. Uh, so right after the army, I, I started my. Uh, efforts to get uh, into uh, biomedical engineering or medical school. Uh, first, I made it to biomedical engineering. <laughs> then I made it to medical school, but I decided to continue to pursue biomedical engineering uh, to continue with my master because the only way to you can really make an impact is coming from the outside, and that was really yeah. what biomedical engineering is all about. Ah, very interesting. It's, it's good you probably went uh, in that direction, biomedical engineering first instead of medical school first, and then you would have said, ah, just well, it was not my, a, <laughs> my first choice. It was, uh, I really, really feel like I, uh, it was, it's very hard to get into medical school in Israel. There's 80 seats yeah. in the university, but uh, right. in six, seven years from the start. Um, and I just was really close. And I, I yeah, decided yeah. you can just go through this uh, biomedical engineering first, and then you can do the four year program. Yeah. We just opened up. And so, yeah. That's good. Well, I'm, I'm always I'm skeptical of somebody who was raised in Israel and said they just had a normal childhood. The last CEO that I had on here from <laughs> Israel, which is actually Giddy, Giddy Stein from Metaware, he said, yeah, they just had a normal uh, upbringing. He said, yeah, we had 
this in Jerusalem, I had olive trees from biblical times in my backyard, etc. And it's like, well, that doesn't sound, that sounds like a nice childhood. I'm not sure that's like a typical childhood uh, <laughs> elsewhere, but uh, that was pretty good. Yeah. Now, now, you did some stuff along the way that wasn't obvious to me how it tied in with, with biomedical engineering. You worked for the Jewish Agency and HeadSense, and then you were at Singularity University. So how, how did that all fit into your life? Or does it only make sense in retrospect or not even, the, not even that way? It's, uh, it's, it all makes sense. There is a reason and a purpose for where you are at every, any given time. So basically, my, my interest since 13 years old was mainly in, into um, healthcare and, and medicine. And I was really passionate about this. And uh, biomedical engineering, uh, through biomedical engineering, I also uh, was, was part of the Jewish Agency of Israel as, as a summer camp counselor in in in, in uh, North American summer camp. So nice. that taught me a lot about leadership and what is important in a community and building a community because, you know, summer camps are just, you're building a community in the middle of uh, nowhere. Yeah, uh, exactly. With, uh, so, so that actually... Where were you? Uh, where, where, what summer camps were you in? I was in Camp EDI. It's upstate New York. It's yeah. uh, related to the uh, YMCA at, uh, or the JCC at... at, at uh, um, Queens in, in, in New York and yeah. um, that actually is very connected to Retrospect because yeah. Amy Posner is, is the camp director also had her mom there we call her Safta she was basically the, the grandma of the camp and yeah. she was an amazingly strong uh, lady and, and uh, with business savviness and then she was a, a real estate entrepreneur uh, in, in, in her professional career and she, uh, a, f- a few years uh, into summer camps, I was there every summer while I was completing my uh, biomedical engineering degree. Um, I heard from the camp, uh, from her daughter, that she, she has started to develop uh, dementia. And, mm-hmm. and, and uh, back then they called it Alzheimer's. They, w- they weren't really sure. And I wanted to go and visit her. And that was around the time I was in Singularity University being bombarded with innovation and 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 uh, the future and, and exponential technologies and how can we make how can we impact a billion people in uh, over the next decade and that's what Singularity University is all about. So I wanted to go and visit uh, um, uh, Carol who uh, had suffered from dementia, but that was already too late. Yeah, and it was so rapid and so impactful that I couldn't visit. Co- go ahead and visit her, someone I cared so much for. Um, that I was troubled by why can't we detect it early? What's the problem there? And Singularity University was kind of the, the cultivating me for, in motivation, bombarding me with motivation to build something meaningful and impactful. And that was the serendipity of all these uh, different parts of my life that Got made it. me push forward towards kickstarting Retrospect. There we are. Okay, so in Redispec, so I mean, what are some of the challenges with Alzheimer's disease detection and treatment? So that's a heavy question, but yeah, uh, yeah, get right to um, it. You know, you can think about it just from a, from a, your perspective. The challenges right now is um, well, you can see therapeutics starting to ooze into the market. Uh, you have disease modifying drug. This is never before happened and it just happened July last year and you have more drugs coming into the market uh, over this year there is it's it's basically uh, um, an, an opportunity to to really uh, 
um, an opportunity now that is introduced to the world. You have a lot of drugs, really good, exceptional drugs that show promise in, 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 in clinical trials that are starting to get more uh, closer and closer to market. In that world, in that reality, you need to understand that the problem is that you need that you need to provide accessibility for these drugs, and and, and the triage is now uh, halted with detection and early detection and accurate detection. How early is a question mark, um, but the ability to diagnose it at the right time so you can actually uh, triage and, and get treatment that is now available is key, and the current modalities. Um, that are uh, allowing to confirm you, the, the pathology of Alzheimer's disease are primarily um, inaccessible, expensive, and uh, are, are going to add a significant burden to healthcare systems across the globe if this would be the case. Because right now, uh, they're primarily reserved for uh, oncology and, and, and uh, anything that's related to cardiovascular, such as PET CT scans or lumbar puncture, these are really inaccessible and, and quite uh, invasive procedures. So what we try to introduce to the market and are building right now is a way to leverage the, the fact that you can access a brain tissue through a retinal examination. And, uh, and basically in, in the retina is a direct extension to the brain uh, and, um, and mirrors some of the markers that are present in a person that has Alzheimer's disease. Uh, the way that we are enabling this to be a diagnostic tool is by coupling spectroscopy, which is in vitro way to confirm that with retinal imaging um, and uh, building algorithms in order to classify between and differentiate between individuals who are sick versus healthy. Um, and so that's how it, so it uh, comes quite clear. You, 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 you know, it's a heavy question, but you summarized it with the name of the company, oh, Ready for Retina and Spec for Spectroscopy. So it sounds like you've exactly. got it all. You've got it all narrowed down. You know, there's a lot I of challenges. I was not sure that that would be the path, but that made the first. Uh, <laughs> that was the first pitch, and I said, "Yeah, let's go with that." <laughs> that sounds good. So you know, if you think about the problem here, um, you know, as you were mentioning with uh, with Carol. Uh, you know, went very quickly from the time somebody noticed anything until it was too late. And I think some of the problems with the drugs that are that have been on the market, or just even the newly you know newly approved or in the late stage pipeline, is that you know if you by the time you get to that point, it's no drug is going to help. But even then, the price of the drug is so high that it could still bankrupt the system. And then you've got this issue with uh, you know these different kind of scientific approaches and, uh, and groups, you know, one focusing on amyloid plaques that have taken a lot of money. So it's like a big, big problem. And if I think about it from the standpoint, you know, I was, of course, joking about that you're going to diagnose me here on the show. But, um, you know, do I want to know for a drug developer, I, you know, they want to know early, but like, do I want to know that I am going to have full-blown Alzheimer's in 15 years? Yes. You know, there's treatment, so you would want to get it treated. You don't want to, I mean, I would ask anyone that has had the experience of, of uh, caring for someone with dementia or witnessing the last years and, and nobody wants to go through this. And I want to live in a world where you don't have to go through this. The key to do that is, is through early and accurate detection and that would help you prepare for either Okay, there are treatments available. I know the good and bad and, 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 and uh, 
the cost aspect of it, well, this would be resolved. The more you're gonna, this market is now in this amazing transition. And, and we already proved that this could be accepted and at scale with COVID and the vaccination and, and, and all the options there. So the need for uh, uh, detection is, is, is key. And, and, but the, the, the problem is that healthcare systems are not ready uh, with the current tools. So once you get the diagnose, with, get a confirmation of risk for you carrying the pathology in a, uh, through a simple eye examination or a blood test or anything that would be accessible within uh, your, your community, uh, it will allow for you to and your family to prepare financially for what's to come. It will allow for you to, to, uh, to choose the option to participate in clinical therapeutic studies that are extremely promising, that make sense for you and your family to take that journey. And, and you could also take part of um, what is available in the market, which now is the Aduhelm, but also there's more to come in the near, to near future. So detection at the right time is, is key. There are many other lifestyle modifications and dietary restrictions you can already start uh, practicing if you know that you are at risk. And I would, I, I'm more in, in there, there's two different types of people. I'm, I want to know and I want to prevent and, and, and I want to be able to make, to impact my own health. Uh, and now that you have options that are available, so many options in the market, and, I, and, and, and uh, opportunity to reduce financial burden uh, or pain and suffering for my surroundings and my loved ones is something I want to, I want to be in control of. Um, yeah, it makes good sense. I, I think this probably it'd probably be a, a different show, and I'm not the right expert to ask about kind of where these therapeutics are going and what's the, the advantage or, or challenges of them. But I think even the points you made about even absent treatment, you, you kind of it's helpful to know because then you can plan, including financially and, and, and so yeah. on. So I see it from that standpoint. Let's talk about where you are on the development spectrum here. So it sounds good, you know, and I, I like the I, I, I definitely like the idea of someone could look in my eye as opposed to someone's going to puncture my, uh, you know, do a lumbar puncture yeah. in order to get some information, then find out that uh, how that hurt. And uh, now I have an infection and they still didn't know they got to come back and take another, you know, another puncture yeah. of me. So so I like the idea. But where, you know, where does this stand? And, uh, you know, they sometimes say the I think the eye is a window to the soul. And I guess this is uh, kind of the closest thing that you're that you're getting. But where, you know, where, where does it, where do you stand? Where does it go from here? Well, um, th that's that's a great question. Uh, they, they, so, so basically, what we are, um, you know, the hardest part is, is really trying to understand the problem. And the problem is that you need a confirmation of the pathology in order to uh, disease modify it with therapeutics. And the pathology is something that with an Alzheimer's disease starts developing about 10, 20 years before. Just like yeah. cholesterol as an, as an indicator or high cholesterol as an indicator for cardiovascular disease, you don't want to get to that end point where you have a clear acute ac ac cardiovascular disease. So we don't want you to get to a point that, you, that the neurodegenerative disease uh, is impacting already and you're starting to have uh, a neurodegeneration in your, of, your, of the nerve cells. Uh, uh, the ability to detect that, am that burden, the pathology, in a non-invasive way is is key to what we to understand how we go about it in our solution. The problem is we need to pick up the pathology and access to into the brain is pretty much 
uh, impossible, but there are ways to go about it if you look at it from uh, the only accessible way uh, through the eye. And yeah. uh, the back of the eye is a direct extension to the brain and, and, and the optic uh, nerve in the disc. And, and, and basically, there's a lot of similarities and, and markers you can pick up uh, that, were, that are uh, related to, the, to brain pathology. So we want to avoid the, the words uh, similar or, uh, or showing a trend. We want to be accurate. We want to provide yeah. a medical grade confirmation of the pathology. And that's the mission for Retrospect. And, and we want to do this in an accessible and affordable way. So looking at uh, uh, the retina through hyperspectral imaging, uh, essentially hyperspectral retinal imaging, allows you to, uh, to gather incredible amount of data. Pair, for every part of the eye, you can get an, an spectral and spatial information uh, that is, was not available just a few years ago because the technology was not there yet. The way that the most uh, uh, challenging aspect of what we're building is not the ability to uh, you know to bring it through FDA clearance. It's it's all it's it's actually the ability to provide a medical grade confirmation of the pathology through an eye examination and 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 to do this in in within minutes you can get that confirmation um, and and that is done through training our algorithms. Uh, ba based on the confirmation of the pathology. So we kickstarted about, uh, now it's 11 clinical sites across the globe, um, amazing uh, research institutions and, and, and amazing principal investigators we work with globally that are leading the pack in Alzheimer's disease. Uh, and what we essentially are um, gathering from the patients that are participating in our studies is not only the retinal, the retispec examination, but also a confirmation of the pathology through either cerebrospinal fluid analysis or a amyloid PET scan or tau PET scan or any other confirmation that relates to the entire battery of work uh, that that uh, goes across the diagnostic uh, phase of, of confirmation of Alzheimer's disease. Great. Now Great. that we know who has it and who does not have it, we developed algorithm that uh, presented actually in, in CTAD, which is one of the leading conference uh, for Alzheimer's disease in November of last year. And, and Dr. Sharon Coyne of Toronto Memory Program had presented our results showing AUC, so con concurrence of 88% uh, mm -hmm. uh, compared to either PET or CSF confirmation of the pathology, the amyloid burden in the brain. So. It's a journey. Now we have a lot more confidence and we are starting to expand in that regard and are looking into uh, kickstarting our FDA efforts this year. Um, uh, but the, the biggest challenge is how do you bring it to the community in an accessible way? Right. Since we are building algorithms and we're using already available technology, Fundus cameras that are already out there, yeah. and, and we don't develop any hardware in that regard, that puts us in a very unique position to scale very fast and to be accessible. And, and uh, that's our mission. And that's what's really needed for mm -hmm. the Alzheimer's ecosystem. So we, we're proud of our work and, and, and very excited of what's to come. So Eliab, do you think that this is something that would be offered, like say, as part of a routine eye exam, just the way you know people have certain yes. tests done when they're age 50 or whatever? It would, how, how would this be incorporated? Exactly. Okay. Anyone can get it, an eye examination um, from any age, uh, from 40, 50. Yeah. Uh, if you have risk, you can go and get checked. 
I, I, we wanted this to be integrated and, and we successfully did that. We integrated eye examination in neurology settings. Right. We're in, in, in clinical sites that usually do not have eye examination, but it's very easy because we're using already amazing, we're leveraging amazing technology that was developed yeah. in the ophthalmic imaging space already. So that really is exciting and, and we, we are very proud of our partners. Uh, that help us with that. They, they understand this market. They understand uh, yeah. the need, and they have interest into growing in, in, with us and, and to help us solve this immense problem. Would you see a tie-in also with uh, drug development? You know, clearly, any sort of biomarkers would be would be useful. Does that fit into your business model, or do you just think it'll be used alongside the kind of as it becomes routine? Uh, the companies will incorporate it into their own research. It, it fits into the need. Um, and let me tell you, clinical trials, there, there's so much that goes into drug development. And we are starting to better understand that from uh, learning from, from the field. We're talking with a lot of pharma companies and the sites that are recruiting for, for these uh, amazingly important studies. The biggest challenge and the, the most time-consuming part of any therapeutic study in Alzheimer's disease is recruitment. Right. And that is blocked mainly because even the best uh, specialists for Alzheimer's disease uh, would, who would recommend five patients to be recruited for this study, once you send those five patients, that they, they're pretty sure they have the pathology to a confirmatory analysis yeah. or a PET scan or CSF, only one gets randomized for the study. That's right. the ratio you have today. And uh, if we could help reduce the time and cost, then that would be incredible. We already showcased this and we are now uh, expanding this in, in multiple uh, sites across the, across the US and Canada. So there is a significant benefit for, for us to be able to pre-screen in, 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 in that regards. But our, that's, that's not our main focus and this is not what we're pursuing. Yeah. We want to, to get our technology to market and then you, you, what you think your product is and what people make use of it is completely right. different. And yeah. we just want to get it right from, a, from, a, from, its, from a, our mission is to provide scientific rigor uh, and, and, and confirmation of this in the best way possible. This is, uh, this is what excites us, how people are going to make use of it, whether it's to streamline therapeutics or to, uh, to triage for Alzheimer's disease or any other ways. Uh, that we can support is is at the hands of, of the clinicians and healthcare providers. So Eliav, last last question here uh, is about uh, shifting away from ReadySpec. Is any books you've been reading, and in particular anything that you would recommend to the audience? I love Hemingway. Um, that's that's my go-to. But but I want to recommend The Wide Lens. I was recommended for this book. Um, it's about if you want to be understanding product in and out and understanding the process of innovation, then that's, that's my, that's been uh, a great uh, book that I, that helped me understand that more. And, and I highly recommend it. Excellent. Well, I will actually read that one uh, myself and maybe I'll report back on it on another show. So Eliav Shaked, Redispec CEO and co-founder. Thank you for joining me today on the thank health podcast. Thank you. You've been listening to the Health Biz Podcast with me, David Williams, president of Health Business Group. I conduct in-depth interviews with leaders in healthcare business and policy. If you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe on your favorite service. While you're at it, go ahead and subscribe on your second and third favorite services as well. There's more good stuff to come, 
and you won't want to miss an episode. If your organization is seeking strategy consulting services in healthcare, check out our website, healthbusinessgroup.com.